In the summer of 1914, a man and his wife were shot dead in the streets of Sarajevo, Bosnia. This somewhat predictable murder would be the spark that sent the world spiraling into the bloodiest war it had ever known. Who were this inseparable husband and wife duo? Who killed them and why? Why do I ask you questions that I already know the answer to? All of this and more will be revealed in this thrilling episode of Hunterproof History titled The Assassination of the Archduke Franz Ferdinand. Take me out! This is Hundred Proof History. We're drinking whiskey and talking history. So, grab a drink, sit back, relax, and enjoy a few laughs as the guys talk about all the horrible things people do to each other. Here are your hosts, Chris and Greg. Sophie, would you listen? They're playing Regiment Sign Strausenzeit, our absolute favorite song. Oh, you're absolutely right, Franz. What a magical day this is turning out to be. I can't believe they're throwing a parade for us. I guess I was wrong about the Bosnians wanting to kill me. How could anybody <laughs> want to kill you, my dearest? That's an excellent question, light of my life. This parade is so amazing, I absolutely cannot imagine something going awry. And if it does, we'll simply go back down the exact same parade route until it's truly perfect. <laughs> oh, I'm so very much looking forward to spending the rest of my life with you, Franz. <laughs> and scene. That's beautiful. That was beautiful. And they left them on a cliffhanger, so they don't know what happens. They have no idea. Nope. They don't have any clue. The title didn't give it away. They have, yeah, they really have to wait till the end of the episode to find out what happens. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chris, we're back from break. Yep, it is 2021. We're living it up. Living it up big time. It's been a uh, fantastic 2021 for me so far. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Oh, it's been great, Greg. I have COVID. Full-blown oh. COVID. Is that what you say when you have full you have COVID? Full-blown that way? I don't way? think you can have a little COVID. Okay. Yeah. I don't know where I got it, and I fucking hate it. And it kind of upsets me that people don't take this seriously. Um, as a matter of fact, you know, I'm laying in my bed shivering because I have the chills. And I get on Facebook on my phone, and who do I see but Dan and Wolf Dick at the club? You know, no masks whatsoever, just fucking living it up. Mm. And I, it just makes me angry, irrationally angry, because, you know, I probably did something. I probably made a mistake and slipped up and did something, got too much in the public eye. You know, I'm a public figure. People need to see me. I probably got too much involved in that, and that's where I caught it. But, you know, they're just flaunting it, and it's it's kind of frustrating to look at, you know. I uh, have not had the unfortunate displeasure of contracting the coronavirus, but I definitely empathized with you uh, when you, you know, text me from that New Year's Eve party about like how bad you were feeling and, yeah, you know, like how everybody around you was having such a good time in that packed kitchen yeah. and you're just like yeah. miserable and coughing everywhere and you're like, man, this is bullshit. I can't believe, you know, I got this. I'm the one that taking, taking all the precautions and yada, yada, yada. Right. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I know, man. And then you, uh, you were also drunk, so 
So when the ball dropped, you actually kissed everyone yeah, in the kitchen. Yeah, well, it was confusing. Um, as I've said before, I live in an efficiency apartment. It's a whole block of efficiency apartments. Um, B-L-O-C, like Eastern European. Um, very small community, very tight-knit community. So when uh, Yurik invited us all over for New Year's, we couldn't say no. And so there we were, 40 people crammed into his efficiency apartment. You know, I spent all night in the kitchen, the you know, kitchen slash bathroom, just kind of watching people go to the bathroom. That's kind of my thing. I don't want to, <laughs> you know, but yeah, it was, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't a good time. I was feeling so bad, you know, I couldn't even enjoy it. And I mean, I, I tried to get in the spirit by making out with all those people, but I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> now, all that joking aside, listener, we're just making light of the situation. This dude legit has yeah, COVID. Yeah, it, it so. is legitimately fucking awful. Please, please do what you can to avoid this thing. Um, and if you hear me coughing or breathing heavily on the mic throughout this episode, I apologize. But I, I love you guys so much. I'm going to fight through it and tell you this awesome story. Also, if he sounds a little muffled, perhaps, it's because I'm making him wear a mask over Zoom. <laughs> I'm not taking any fucking chances here, okay? I'm the guy that walks around with a condom on all day. <laughs> well, our sources today are The Assassination of the Archduke by Greg King and Sumit, Suman, <laughs> Sue Woolmans, and uh, The Archduke of Sarajevo by Gordon Brooks Shepard. Mm, two books. Look at us. Well, you did one. I did the other. Yeah. That's usually how it goes. Am I right? <laughs> you know, when we go out as a couple, we find the ladies who are interested in the podcast and they leave us, but then we find two guys who are willing to do things for money. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Should we get a hotel room? Or is, I mean, that, that semi-truck of yours looks awfully comfy. <laughs> yeah, you got, a, you got a bed back there, right? Yeah, no, I did enjoy the book I read, which was The Assassination of the Archduke by Greg King and Sue Woolmans. It's very front-heavy with the romance between Franz Ferdinand and his wife Sophie, and then the back half is all downhill assassination stuff. It's very cool. Lead you up to it and then straight down. So highly recommend that one. Well, Chris, are you ready to get into the show? Let's fucking do it. <clears throat> Franz Ferdinand Carl Ludwig Joseph Maria Banana Nana Ding Dong was born on December 18th, 1863 in the Austrian city of Graz. He was born into the Habsburg family, which meant he was royalty in the declining Austrian empire. In fact, when he was just four, Austria lost most of Germany to the Prussians and had to allow Hungary to rule itself alongside Austria under the new banner of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Creative. Yeah. They probably fought over the name quite a bit. What Hungro-Austrian? I want Hungry Man! No, Hungry Man? Those things are terrible for you. They're full of sodium. We're not naming it that. So much salt. <laughs> I want some Beyond Tendies. <laughs> I don't think Beyond makes Tendies yet. Nope. For the, the vegan basement dwelling <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> incel? What? Okay. Uh huh. Hey, at least he's trying, Chris. <laughs> he's, he's trying to make, trying. Trying to improve, yeah. He's getting better. Still hates women, but he hates. Oh, all, yeah. But he also hates meat eaters just as much. Mm hmm. Fucking Chad's always eating their steak dinners with Stacy's. Don't show them. <laughs> Franz had a typical awesome royal childhood, except for the fact his mother had tuberculosis. She stayed away from the children as much as she could because she was afraid she'd spread the disease, and she died when Franz was just eight years old. 
Sounds like a great childhood. <laughs> yeah, just typically typical awesome royal childhood. Um, looking back on it, though, now it kind of makes sense. I think maybe my mom had tuberculosis. She just ignored you? Well, there was long stretches where she was just gone. Like, doctors would come with these big dog catcher nets and take her. And then <laughs> uh, my dad would say, it's for our own good. It's to keep us safe. Mm-hmm. You know, and she'd always have these, like, bottles of pills everywhere. And she didn't get to hang out with us much, so she made up all these imaginary friends who always wanted her to start fires and stuff. So, that, you know, she probably had tuberculosis. It adds up. It adds up. I don't think tuberculosis gives you burn marks on your temples from electroshock therapy. Uh, you know, it was the 80s. They're, they had different treatment methods back then. You don't, you're, you're not a doctor. You don't fucking know. My mom's not crazy. That's not what the burn marks were from. They were, she put her cigarettes out on her own temples. She's not crazy. <laughs> Just because she tried to buy her groceries with a bunch of stray kittens doesn't mean she's fucking crazy, okay? And then when the lady <laughs> wouldn't take them, she started throwing her own poop at the lady. Not crazy. That's a natural reaction to someone not taking acceptable currency. And then she still came home with the groceries, but the groceries were stray kittens. <laughs> yeah. Well, when it came to actually ascending to the throne and becoming emperor of Austria, it looked like a long shot for old friends. His uncle Franz Joseph held the title, and he had a son of his own named Rudolph. And if both of them died, Franz Ferdinand's father, Karl Ludwig, was next in line. Yeah, and if Rudolph died, how would Santa get through inclement weather to uh, deliver gifts to all of the uh, Christian kids? <laughs> That's weird, yeah. And uh, he picks them, and only them to deliver. You know, I always wondered this, and I don't remember it from school, but like the non-Christian kids that obviously don't celebrate Christmas, like sometimes they still have the tree and Santa, mm-hmm. but the ones that didn't, were they... Like, did their parents let them know, hey, all that shit's fake. But don't tell them. Don't you fucking tell them. Oh, uh, 100%. Or were they just like, what? I'm a bad kid. 100%. 100%. Kids can't keep secrets, though. I didn't find out till eighth grade saying it wasn't real. <laughs> I didn't find out till we started doing this podcast saying it wasn't real. And that's just because I saw Santa banging mommy. <laughs> I just thought it was my dad dressed up as Santa And so I ran downstairs And I was like, fuck, these, this cookie's milk is mine, man If he's busy <laughs> But then my dad was there sobbing into his hands So, mm, And that's how it all started for you <laughs> It opened the door to a lifetime of cacoldry I guess I don't, I don't think my dad was into it <laughs> I went back up and watched, though <laughs> I took video the camera Santa brought me. I was in eighth grade. I <laughs> needed to learn some moves, you know. <laughs> Santa's on top of your mom, and he just hears this squeaky, pubescent eighth grade voice go, Yeah, Santa, give her the Yule log! <laughs> <laughs> Whips around, What the fuck? Go back to bed, kid! <laughs> Santa's not real! Huh? <laughs> Why are there three Santas? <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck what <laughs> now Franz was pretty okay with not becoming emperor because if he were next in line he'd have to spend more time with his uncle Franz Joseph neither Franz Ferdinand nor Franz Joseph were known to be soft and cuddly in fact Franz Ferdinand would go on to be known as mostly cold and distant but Franz Joseph was a super dickhead he believed that the crumbling Habsburg dynasty was damn near perfect and nothing should be changed. He cheated on his wife all the damn time to the point that he ended up giving her gonorrhea and she stopped talking to him 
altogether. That brings back memories of when my wife gave me genital herpes. And, uh, <laughs> what do you know? Her boyfriend gave me oral herpes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> it wasn't at the same time, of course. No. Well, Franz Joseph believed strictly in formality. In fact, one time when he was choking, a doctor rushed to his aid and saved his life. And Franz Joseph spent the next ten minutes yelling at the doctor for not wearing a suit coat with tails. He runs a lot slower next time that guy's fucking dying. Motherfucker. Just walks briskly and formally. Oh, dear. Just watching fucking Mass Singer. Get a fucking page. I gotta rush this motherfucker's bedside and he starts to chew me out. <laughs> it's at the reveal. Yeah. I'll be there in a minute. But things began to unravel for Joseph in 1888. His son, Rudolph, had married Princess Stephanie of Belgium, who was the daughter of King Leopold II, our, our hero, our idol. I mean, no, that's... that's Whoa! Not, uh, <laughs> no! Sorry, that's something Greg told me to say. Um, No, uh, the jackass that was responsible for, you know, the brutal massacre of millions of people in the Congo. We told you about him in some episode here recently. I don't remember what number it was. 59. Oh, there you go. Well, he married her in 1881. The two kind of hated each other, and Rudolph began to drink heavily and sleep around. <laughs> like father, like son. Ew. In 1888, he fell in love with a 17-year-old girl. Ooh! Yeah. A girl? <laughs> I was thinking of the 17 part, and you gotta watch her make all of her fucking TikTok videos. Well, that, was, that was the joke. Yeah, you the gotta... ooh part is that it was a girl. <laughs> come on, come on! Make... TikTok videos. You got to help her set up all the cameras for her OnlyFans. It's just a fucking beating, I'm telling you. Dude, I could imagine dating somebody like younger, younger. You yeah. know what I mean? You just have nothing in common with them. Because mm -hmm. like even just being around people like that, it's grating, you know? <laughs> yeah. She's like, oh. I'm talking about all of our listeners right now. I know. But <laughs> we're different guys. We're not the same. No, we're not. Never will be. Hopefully one day you're successful in life. <laughs> Rot away like us, making fucking podcasts. Yeah. No one subscribes to our OnlyFans. There's still hope for you. <laughs> we are our OnlyFans. <laughs> it's literally OnlyFans. <laughs> well, Rudolph and his 17-year-old girlfriend committed joint suicide in his hunting cabin. This meant that the only person between Franz Ferdinand and the throne was his 60-year-old father, Carl. In the meantime, Franz decided it was about time to go on a taxpayer-funded trip around the world on a boat. He brought along his cousin, Archduke Leopold, as they sailed to Egypt, India, and Australia. But Franz had to kick Leopold off the ship in Sydney because he wouldn't stop sexually harassing all the young, sweaty male sailors. You forgot chiseled. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to put I mean, that they were <laughs> They were presumably chiseled from working the sails and masts and... And all that silly nautical nonsense, you know? Mm-hmm. Resident boat expert. Yeah. I'm, I'm, those are nautical things. You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I think I read something that Leopold also liked to just hang around in fancy ball gowns, like, all the fucking time. They're, like, brought upon shame to the Habsburgs. They were like, no, you, you probably shouldn't be wearing ball gowns all the time, covered in sequins and stuff. Ball gag, on the other hand. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Come on. Too much is too much. Well, Franz then continued on in America, where he was underwhelmed by pretty much everything 
even when he visited the White City at the Chicago World's Fair of 1893. The name White City has to do with the construction, not the demographic. Yeah. Listen to the H.H. Holmes episode for more on that. He was probably disappointed he didn't get murdered or didn't get to see a young girl suffocated while he jerked off into a pocket handkerchief. He's like, what the fuck is this? Came to America for a reason. Bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) One thing he did take from his time in the U.S. was the idea that separate states could work together as a whole nation, which is just hilarious. That's funny. Stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking tourists think they figured it out after a week. (laughs) But he did think that was something he'd like to see in Austria. When he got back, friends learned he had contracted tuberculosis himself, and he went to Egypt for the dry desert air. And he thought about going to Tombstone, and he's like, I want to go back there. Last time one of my relatives went over there, some jackass shot him down. Shut down his fucking plane and he <laughs> fell out of the sky. <laughs> fucking biplane. <laughs> they toasted different frozen pizzas over him. Yeah, it's fucking bullshit. I like Red Baron frozen pizza. I'm not going back over there. Fucking America. <laughs> uh, last episode. Yep. For anybody that didn't listen. In 1896, Francis' dear old dad, Carl Ludwig, came to visit and then traveled on to Palestine to see some holy sites. Despite several warnings, Carl drank from the poop-filled Jordan River, contracted typhoid, and died. Who could blame him? Really? Oh, wait. Uh, everyone. Everyone who said, yeah. don't fucking do that? Yeah, yeah. I guess everyone. was. Never mind. Your Highness, we can actually see turds floating past your straw. <laughs> Why did you... Ooh, break them up and give them to me. Yeah. <laughs> do you think that was Jesus' poop? No, he died 1896 years ago. <laughs> What about this rock? Do you think this is Jesus poop? Quit trying to find Jesus poop. Why is this your obsession? (laughs) Boil this rock and serve it to me for dinner. (laughs) What do you mean I'm dying? (laughs) Like the next day. (laughs) Oh no, I'm dying. Go to the river and find me more Jesus poop. It'll save me. Jesus poop is obviously the cure. (laughs) He made a blind man see. He looks down the river, and it's literally one of his own servants, all filthy and barefoot, just squatting in the river, taking a shit. <laughs> well, I don't know if that's his or Jesus's, so I'm going to try it anyway. We'll see. Just give me a sampling of the poops. <laughs> Poo-poo platter. One of, them's ba- one of them's bound to be Jesus Christ. Christ's. Not the poop would be Jesus Christ. I just want to make that clear. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What if Jesus poop. came back as a poop? <laughs> WWPJD. <laughs> poop Jesus, dude. <laughs> I like WWDDJD. What would doo doo Jesus do? <laughs> a lot of do's in that question. <laughs> yeah. Say, y'all, I'm the doo-doo Jesus. <laughs> That's a fun character. Well, it's just a guy in a club. It's not actual. I he's know. not related to God or anything. He's wearing a leather vest, a bunch yeah. of gold jewelry, pinky rings. Else. Yeah. Doo-doo Jesus here to save the day. <laughs> Come on, all you sinners. No, that wasn't a suggestion. I'm telling you what I'm going to do. I'm going to come on all you sinners. (laughs) 
Well, Franz's dad, Carl, was dead, so that made him heir to the throne. But Franz Joseph didn't want to talk about it. He refused to call Franz the crown prince, and any time someone brought up the subject of the future, he'd put his fingers in his ears and go, Nah, 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 I can't hear you. He didn't care for Franz to begin with, but he was super pissy with him now, because Franz had fallen in love with a goddamn commoner. It's not clear when and where Franz Ferdinand met Sophie Chotek, who was working as a lady-in-waiting for Archduchess Isabella, who treated her like shit. And for uh, all of you non-royalty people, which I know most of you are, but for the few who just listen to feel important, uh, lady-in-waiting was basically a maid, like a servant, for the Archduchess. Isabella found out that Franz and Sophie were kind of an item, and she was super pissy. The friends hadn't been there to bang one of her eight daughters and was instead in love with her maid. She fired Sophie and demanded to speak with Austria's manager, a.k.a. the emperor, Franz Joseph. Joseph told Franz to break it off, but Franz stomped his feet and said, You're not my real dad! Eventually, a whole bunch of people threw their two cents in. A priest tried to convince Sophie to leave Franz because God wanted him to be emperor and she was defying the will of God. On the flip side, someone wrote the friggin' Pope who blessed the marriage. And you gotta think, when when Franz Joseph was talking to him, he's like, hey, marry this royal person, and fuck this girl on the side. That's what royals do. You fucking idiot. You don't marry the maid. You bang the maid while you're married to some some woman who doesn't love you at all. Preferably a cousin of some sort. You know, keep the bloodlines pure. Oh, I'd definitely be fucking if that was the case. (laughs) Shout out. We're not supposed to? Mm, let's do it. Yeah, but he's a dude. You can't get him pregnant. You can't continue your bloodline through that. I'm going to try. <laughs> try as I may. As soon as he heard that, he sent you a text. He's like, what the fuck, dude? You never told me you felt this way. <laughs> All right. This is a real cousin, goddammit. <laughs> he's real. He knows he's real. I'm playing a character, Chris. <laughs> Unless he's into it. Maybe not. <laughs> Well, in the end, Franz Joseph agreed to allow the marriage, but it had to be a morganatic marriage. That meant Sophie would never be recognized as empress, and none of their kids could become heir to the throne. Franz Ferdinand agreed, and the two were married in a relatively modest ceremony. None of his family even showed up? Nope. Didn't notify any foreign dignitaries or anything like that, just, you know, typical, uh... Justice of the Peace wedding, where you're getting witnessed by some homeless dude who's there to pay a urination in public ticket. It's the right way to do it, I'm just saying. It was in a church, <laughs> but there was still a homeless dude there. Yeah. There was something about urination, but it wasn't a citation. <laughs> he was hired by friends Joseph to just to piss on them while they said their vows. <laughs> Why don't you dress up like that Calvin character and piss on them? That'll make me laugh so much. Life wasn't easy for Sophie Because of the way the royals viewed her She wasn't allowed to be seen with Franz in public If he was saluted She had to leave because she wasn't supposed to receive a salute He wasn't allowed to mention her at all In any public speeches And so, naturally the couple retreated Into a private life This allowed the press to spread lies about Franz And depict him as mean-spirited, cheap And antisocial And he was kinda cheap you know, that's something one of our sources points out, but a lot of it had to do with the fact that he was also kind of broke, and his 
royalty and his wealth was all appearances because he owned a lot of stuff, but none of it made any money. Still, the two had a nice, quiet life. They had three kids together, and as the years progressed, Franz became more and more involved in the operations of the government. He began to actually design plans to turn the empire into a nation of independent states. And of course, he kept a mental list of everyone who treated his wife like shit so he could punish them when he became emperor. Yep, everything was going pretty okay for Franz Ferdinand. But this episode is called The Assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand, not the fun stories I heard from Archduke Ferdinand at his retirement home. So, obviously, things are about to fall apart. Alright, good place to take a break, go to uh, get more drinks. I'm going to go get some plasma cycled through my body. Hopefully it'll cure me. If not, you know, just make me feel refreshed. I'll be ready to go. I hear if you throw some bleach and Lysol in there, it does wonders. Uh, I swallowed a uh, LED light bulb. Oh, I got the UV light. Yeah, I yeah, Hell yeah. try and get it from the inside. It's lodged in my small intestine right now. But um, good news is the doctors know where to cut because they can see the light shining through my belly button. So it's good times. It's good times. Good thing you have an Audi. It's like a little dome, a little light dome. Yeah. I just need to make sure I, you know how like if you get an amputation, they write not this leg in, in a permanent marker. I have uh-huh. to write write that around my dick because they might mistake it for my belly button. <laughs> Okay, I think it's time for a break. (laughs) All right. All right, we are back from break. Uh, During the break, I took my temperature. I am running a fever and drinking alcohol at the same time. I feel like it's probably a bad idea. But, uh, you know. It's not. I'll do it for the show. I'll die for the show. Do it for the pod. Yeah. Do it for the pod. Man, this thing ruined everything. I had some good jokes lined up about what I did over Christmas break. And none of them work because I have COVID. It's like, no. They need to know the truth. They don't need to know that my daughter got a piano and I only learned one song while we were on break and it was this Frasier theme song. They don't need that shit. They need to know the truth. That I'm dying and they need to send me money to pay for my funeral expenses. Don't give them a penny. Uh, come on, man. I'm trying to make a buck here. All right, whatever. Are we drinking a seltzer or what? Yeah. All right, let's do it. Second out seltzer. Second out seltzer. Second Three, two, one. I missed. Idiot. My finger slipped. It's uh, okay. COVID's got to your brain. <laughs> yes. Jesus. Mm. All right. Bubble water. Delicious. If <laughs> <laughs> We're uh, actually talking off air, and I find it very interesting about the whole taste aspect of this. So I was asking Chris, like, so if you eat something really, really fucking spicy, you just feel it? You don't really uh, taste it? And he, he confirmed that. Yeah. Like, I did a bunch of experiments. I didn't ask what kind of experience, but... Uh, also, I tried foods could... when I was... <laughs> but you could imagine. I did. I squirted sriracha directly onto my tongue, and it 
burned like a motherfucker, but I couldn't uh, couldn't taste it at all. So this disease is literal torture. Well, Greg, are you ready to tell the exciting part of the story as fucking always? <sighs> it's my burden, Chris, but I am ready. <laughs> In 1908, Austria-Hungary had annexed the provinces of Bosnia and Herzegovina, and this pissed pretty much everyone off. See, Russia had fought the Ottomans, and as a result of their treaty, those two countries became independent. But everyone knew that Russia would just invade Bosnia and Herzegovina and take them, and so they were put under the control of the Austrians. Newly formed Serbia wanted to claim the two countries for themselves and form a Balkan Empire. Franz Ferdinand hated the idea of Austria taking over Bosnia and Herzegovina because he figured it would lead to war with Russia. And in a surprisingly uncharacteristic move... Russia began to spread disinformation throughout the Balkan states to try and drive up anti-Austrian sentiment. Not at all surprising. I mean, yeah. You don't think all those comments on our our uh, website and stuff are real? You don't think that's uh, actual people telling us that we need to buy their <laughs> Cialis and Viagra? I don't know, man, but it's so cheap, I bought a ton of it. <laughs> I mean, none of it's shown up yet, but... <laughs> Boy, do I have a windfall of boner meds coming. <laughs> well, Russia also began funneling money to an underground Serbian resistance movement known as the Black Hand. I like that I made that joke during National Human Trafficking Awareness Month. Just putting that out there. Sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean to fuck up your flow. I just thought of that after I said that. Go. Finish the fucking show. Jesus. <laughs> This group had to take oaths over skulls and guns and daggers and promise to kill themselves if they were captured. Badass. They trained with bombs and guns and somehow became intertwined with the actual Serbian government and acted as spies. In the winter of 1913, this group became aware that the Archduke Franz Ferdinand would be coming to Bosnia in the summer of 1914 to oversee military maneuvers. Not manures, by the way. <laughs> that would be a job that Franz Joseph made him do. Like, our, I need you to like go Everybody's got to salute him, and then they're like, uh, about face, drop trowel. And they'll have to shit. And he just comes by and nose up at all of them. Hmm. Seems you're all on a healthy diet. Yeah. Which, just like the intro, I do want to, uh, well, I don't know about apologize, but recognize that I am using a somewhat English accent. <laughs> no, if they don't but speak like, American, they speak English. Yeah, accent. I'm like every yeah. Hollywood movie, you <laughs> yeah. know. It doesn't matter. Like, if it's anybody not from here, mm -hmm. English accent. Do you think as the, the chaplain of the military was doing his manures, he was saying a little prayer to do-do Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Listen, my son, my son, I absolve you of wiping your ass. Just pull them on up and go about your business. Doo-doo Jesus out. <laughs> Doo-doo Jesus out. That's how he says the end of communications. Well, he's not actual Jesus. <laughs> he's just We've established that. This isn't that, sacrilege because it's a completely different person. <laughs> Somehow he's there in Bosnia wearing his leather vest. Like, Oh, yeah. When did you eat corn, baby? Because <laughs> if you're interested, I got a cob. Just waiting on it. <laughs> well, when he was going there to oversee these military maneuvers, 
They assumed that this meant that Austria was preparing to attack Serbia because Franz Ferdinand had appointed a general named Konrad von Hotzendorf, who was super horny to go to war with Serbia. Little did they know, Franz hated Hotzendorf's war boner and had repeatedly tried to have him removed from his position. They also didn't know that Franz didn't want to fucking go to Bosnia at all. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there. Bosnian travel authority? Nobody wants to go to fucking Bosnia at all. No one. Like, there's literally a list of zero people that say, yeah, me summer in Sarajevo. Nobody's fucking thinking that. Continue. I don't know. A lot of people did in the 90s, and it didn't turn out so well for them. <laughs> isn't, isn't that where Owen Wilson got his plane shot down, and he had to crawl back to safety with the help of Gene Hackman? <laughs> <laughs> behind enemy lines. Yeah, I have a fever. I don't fucking know anymore what's real. <laughs> <laughs> well, he spent the entire spring of 1914 trying to get out of the trip, especially the part that involved a quick jaunt through Sarajevo where he knew a shitload of people hated him and wanted him dead. At one point in the June of 14, he finally asked Franz Joseph for permission to bail on the trip, but Joseph told him he had to go. The driving force behind the trip was General Oskar Pechorik, who was the Governor General of Bosnia. And a complete sack of shit, as you will soon find out. Yes. He believed that an appearance by Franz and his wife Sophie would strengthen ties between Austria and Bosnia. He insisted that Franz come, and then did absolutely everything to ensure that Franz got killed once he got there. First, Pechorik picked the date of June 28th for the visit. June 28th was a Serbian holiday in which every Serb vowed revenge against foreign intruders. And there's a lot of Serbians in Bosnia at this time. A yeah. lot. Yeah. It's a very bad idea. The Austrians asked for a military escort, and since 25,000 soldiers would be nearby for the maneuvers, not really a, a big ask. Nah, it's, that's too much, man. You can't fucking do that. They're, they're about there. <laughs> Pooping in fields. They're busy. They ain't had time to do this. <laughs> well, Pechorik said no, that the police force of 120 officers would keep the city of 80,000 calm during the visit. Mm -hmm. We got like these little barricades, like they got little white barricades with the, the orange stripes on them that say, stay back. That's going to work. That's, that's what, what more do you fucking need here? Jackasses. It's got to work. Yeah. Well, then Pechorik ignored each and every bit of intelligence he received that claimed people were plotting to assassinate Franz Ferdinand. One such group was known as Young Bosnia. It consisted of three young men, Trifko Grabas, Nedjelko Kobrinovic, and their leader, 19-year-old Gavrilo Princip. Princip had been kicked out of school for his anti-Austrian sentiment and had tried to join the Serbian army but was determined to be, quote, too weak. The same reason I kicked off that co-ed softball team, by the way. <laughs> Don't lie to the listener, Chris. It was kickball. <laughs> yeah. Rared my foot all the way back to my own ass and whipped it around and it like, dribbles to the pitcher. <laughs> I take three, got... three steps towards first and just pass out from the fucking exhaustion of it. <laughs> <laughs> then you get... You got kicked off the chess team, citing the same reason. <laughs> it was too weak. <laughs> Just fell asleep on the pieces and fucked the board up every time. Well, that was more emotionally weak, because every time like a piece was taken from me, I'd just start bawling inconsolably. <laughs> 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 
Well, Graves, who had been expelled from school for attacking a teacher, was Princip's roommate and best friend forever. And Kabrinovich, also a high school dropout, was a loudmouthed moron who just wanted to be part of something and told anyone and everyone he could that young Bosnia was planning on killing Franz Ferdinand. You know, after doing this story, and we're going to get a little bit more into what these guys do, but after reviewing this story and then we did the Lincoln assassination, uh, I think Lee Harvey Oswald had it right when he acted alone and completely fucking alone. Because the more people you introduce to this thing, the more, like, stupid it fucking gets. Like, what are these morons fucking doing? Unlike, you know, John Wilkes Booth's gang, they had a, a afternoon to plan their attack. These guys had months, and it's still kind of, you're going to see it's just fucking ridiculous. Oh, yeah. And it's honestly more ridiculous than we get into, but we got to create an abridged version for you guys. Yeah. Because we like talking about poop and dicks <laughs> and stuff, so. Yeah. Got to keep it compact. Do you guys want history or you want doo-doo Jesus? That's all I'm asking. <laughs> Everybody wants me, baby. <laughs> I am inevitable. <laughs> well, it was soon thereafter that the Black Hand learned of young Bosnia's plot and began to train the young men. And I hope you're not thinking dirty, listener. That's not what we meant by train um, the young men. No. They didn't like train them, like training. Yeah. yeah. Not run a train on. You know, they're yeah, very, yeah. yeah. Don't go get yeah. your fucking perverts. What's wrong with you guys? You are perverts. Well, in addition to the training, they provided them with guns and bombs. They also gave the men cyanide capsules to ingest in case they were caught. On June 7th, 1914, the Black Hand snuck Princip and his buddies across the border into Bosnia. On June 23rd, Fran set off for Bosnia with Sophie. Along the way, multiple people heard Fran's lament that he expected that someone would try to kill him in Sarajevo. After he arrived in Bosnia, he and Sophie made a surprise visit to the Sarajevo Bazaar, bought a bunch of bootleg DVDs. Uh-huh. As they left, Gavrilo Princip looked on with a gun in his pocket, but decided not to shoot because there were too many cops around. I wonder if one guy, like this one guy who works for Franz, is riding with him on the rails, and, you know, the boats and all this, he keeps saying, man, I'm probably going to fucking die on this trip. He's like, why are, why are you going if you're, if you're going to die? Well, my uncle says I have to. This kind of sounds like you're you're a little bitch. Kind of sounds like you should just say, fuck no, I'm not going. I don't want to fucking die. What are you going to do about it? Not make me heir to the country too fucking late. Okay. You know? Or maybe none of this stuff was ever said. Kind of like we talked about in JFK. Yeah. So that was one thing that rang with me on J- uh, when I was researching this. It was our conversation about this in JFK where he kept saying all this stuff like, hope nobody shoots me in the fucking face today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this one is verified by multiple, multiple witnesses that keep hearing him say, man, I'm, I'm sure somebody's going to fucking try and kill me when I'm out there. I think it was more along the lines of, I'm sure there's plenty of bullets in Bosnia with my name on them sort of thing. Yeah, one of them was, uh, like, their train car broke down. He's like, oh, what a trip. The train car breaks down on the way, someone's going to try and kill me in Sarajevo, and then the boat will probably explode on the way back. You know, shit like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it might have been, like, sarcastic stuff. Like, uh, when I told my wife I'll never get COVID, and I'll never die of that fucking hoax disease, and <laughs> here I am on life support. Jeez. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. Like, he's he's joking about the situation because he is worried about it. Yeah. Just like JFK probably did, but 
I feel like a lot of these things are way too specific. That they say, yeah. oh, he he said this. Oh, I don't want to go on that route. I'll I'll probably get shot. Eh, I doubt he said that. He you probably, I mean, I mean he probably expressed concerns about going there for the what two weeks he was there. But yeah, some guy comes forward in 1960. He's like, yeah, I heard Franz Ferdinand say, man, I hope I don't get murdered in the streets of Sarajevo, and it somehow starts a global conflict that kills millions upon millions of people. That'd be fucking terrible, wouldn't it, guys? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> High fives, high fives for global conflict, right? <laughs> and while we're on the subject of getting out of character here, out of story, uh, you'll notice I've been saying Gavrilo Princip because I looked it up. I, I look up a lot of pronunciations we run into while reading, and that's what I got from people that actually speak the language. I know it's commonly known as Princip to most of us Westerners, but... I had to stick with something, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with what the people native tongue speak. Look at this guy bragging about looking shit up. Fucking idiot! It's a history podcast. Nobody cares what you looked up. <laughs> I just don't want somebody to like it be nails on a chalkboard every time I fucking say it because they've grown up hearing Gavrilo Princip like I did. So that's why you had a very strange childhood. <laughs> oh, t- whatever. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Well, back to the story. Franz oversaw the military maneuvers he was scheduled to see on the 26th and 27th. That night, he attended a dinner where he said, Hey, I already went to Sarajevo on Thursday. I probably don't have to go back tomorrow, right? And uh, our good friend, Oscar Pachorik, pitched a goddamn hissy fit and insisted that Franz visit the city the following day. Once again, Franz relented. The next morning, Franz and Sophie climbed into a 1910 Viennese Graf and Stift voice touring car. <laughs> Stift voice. That's the only reason I put that in there. Stift. <laughs> oh, so Stift. <laughs> Franz sat in the rear left seat. Sophie sat beside him. Sitting across from Franz in the rear facing seat was Oscar Pachorik and the car's owner. They were the third car in a six car motorcade that soon set off. At around 10 a.m., the car turned onto Apple Quay, which was the road that ran along the Milyaka River. My grandma made a good Apple Quay back in the, you know, back in her day. It's delicious. Oh, really? Yeah. Bet your grandpa made a good cream pie, too. <laughs> That's why your parents had so many siblings. Because they liked eating cream pies? I don't understand, Greg. Well, I like how I said both of your parents, too. <laughs> like their brother and sister. <laughs> well, who explains so much. <laughs> <laughs> the quay was lined with the young Bosnia assassins. They had added a fourth conspirator, who immediately wussed out when he saw the motorcade. At about 10.10 a.m., the cars approached Nadjelko Kabrinovich's position. Without hesitation, he tossed a bomb at Franz Ferdinand. Kabrinovich missed. The bomb exploded behind Franz's car and injured the passengers in the car behind him in the motorcade. And they fucking stopped. They fucking, like, the bomb exploded and they stopped for a second. It's like, what was that shit? Ah, somebody exploded something. Should we get out? Fireworks. Yeah. It was a black cat. (laughs) A little M80. Oh, injured my ears. (laughs) It probably was. Like, that guy who ends up going to the hospital is going to feel so fucking terrible when he finds out what happens. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, my eardrum. It's really ringing, guys. I think I might have tinnitus now. I don't know. I need to get this checked out. Should we go to the hospital? Okay. Gotta get that worker's comp, man. What's the worst gonna happen, right? (laughs) 
Kabrinovich gulped down his cyanide capsule and jumped over the railing into the river below, hoping to die of poisoning or drown. Which I'm... Dude, great plan. Yeah. You have a backup in case you don't die. Yeah. A backup plan. <laughs> this dude is a fucking operative, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a true operative. Yeah. James Bond shit. Well, the river was like four inches deep at the time, <laughs> and the poison failed, but caused him a ton of pain. Onlookers rushed down and beat and kicked the shit out of Kabrinovich as he shouted, I am a Serbian hero! That's not how they sound, but we're going <laughs> it's with good. it. It's good. It's great. He was promptly arrested. This is the same way I sounded when I refused to wear a mask on that airline flight, saying I was an American <laughs> hero. They just dragged me off, kicking and screaming, and then I came back on. I was like, kill me, kill me, kill me. Get it, guys? Get it? Just kill me. Just kill me. Kill me. Kill me. They were like, please get off the fucking plane. What's wrong with you? Came back? (laughs) Well, the cars sped off to the town hall where the mayor gave a speech telling friends how much the people loved him. Thank God that assassination attempt failed. And they were out of the kill box. Right? Everything's cool now. We're good. After a while, Franz decided he should go to the hospital to see the men who were injured by Kabrinovich's bomb. Pachorik said the quickest way to go was right back down the Apple Quay, a.k.a. the fucking kill box. (laughs) The kill box. Imagine Lee Harvey Oswald misses three times and Lyndon B. Johnson, (laughs) not Lyndon B. Johnson, fucking Governor Connolly's like, you know, it would be cool if we just went right back down there and said hi to the people. You know, they're, yeah, they're shook. what's going on. They're scared. Yeah, they're shook up, man. Somebody was shooting and shit. Let's go back down there. <laughs> the Austrians said that Pachorik should line the street with soldiers. But Pachorik said they didn't have enough uniforms. Then they said, okay, then have the police clear the route. Again, Pachorik refused. Franz threw up his hand, said, fuck it. I guess I'll die. <laughs> and decided to go back down the Apple Quay. He told Sophie to ride in a different car, but she insisted on being by her husband's side. The cars set out once again, but no one told the drivers that they were going to the hospital. They flew past one of the plotters, Trifko Krabas, who did nothing. They continued down the Apple Quay and turned towards the National Museum, which had been the highly publicized next stop on Franz's tour of the city. As soon as they turned, Pachorik told the driver they were going the wrong way and to turn around. The driver, and thus the motorcade, then slammed on the brakes and threw it into reverse. And what a, what a funny fate of history this is. Right? A trick of history. Standing no more than five feet away, in front of a deli, was Gavrilo Princip. He dropped... His six-inch toasted <laughs> no, we, cold they, cut combo. We lost them. We don't have to say that anymore. <laughs> oh, they're not a sponsor anymore. They bailed on us because we didn't say teriyaki sub enough, and then we kind of said people will kill themselves in their fucking bathroom. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, he dropped his undisclosed sandwich <laughs> from possibly a sub shop. I mean. Those particular sub shops are fucking everywhere, so it probably was one of those. We won't name them. (laughs) And he pulled out the Browning 1910 32 caliber pistol that the Black Hand had given him and fired three times. A bullet passed through the car door and struck Sophie in the abdomen, fatally wounding her. It uh, severed her vena... Vena cava? Vena cava. Yeah, that one. Severed that 
artery. You know, if she would have had a lot of wheat bread Mm -hmm. in her stomach, maybe some meatballs. (laughs) Maybe, yeah. Maybe she'd still be alive. Maybe. She could enjoy that $5 foot long (laughs) from... (laughs) Sponsor redacted. (laughs) Their choice, not ours. A second bullet struck Franz Ferdinand in the neck and lodged in his spine. Princip swallowed his cyanide, but it too failed. He's got that Rasputin cyanide. That fucking weak They got ass that shit. expired fucking cyanide is what happened. He was beaten and arrested. The motorcade sped away. Franz weakly said to Sophie, Don't die! Stay alive for our children! For some reason, he was very... He had a lot of virility oh, yeah. and you got energy right then. During, yeah. during that sp- that little small that's speech. A, yeah, it's a dying moment. That's That's when the... The orchestra swells, the audience is bawling their eyes out. Even though he's been shot in the fucking spine via the neck. in the throat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The cars made it to the governor's home, where it was discovered that both Franz Ferdinand and his wife, Sophie Schotek, were dead. In the following days, Austria made demands that Serbia stop spreading anti-Austrian sentiment throughout their country, knowing full well that Germany would back them up in any conflict with Serbia. The Serbs refused the demands because they had the backing of Russia, and all of that set the stage for World War I. And uh, that's where we will pick up next week. Yep, so, wait until now to tell you, because I forgot to fucking tell you, throughout this year, throughout 2021, we're going to be doing the entirety of World War I. We're going to sprinkle in stories throughout the year. Uh, next week, we're going to pick up with the Battle of the Marne, 1914, Battle of the Frontiers, uh, where everybody figures out that war is fucking terrible, and then we'll pick up different major battles throughout the year, so. But we're also doing other things. Yes, yes, this isn't going to be just. We'll sprinkle in, like, here and there, but. Yeah. It'll kind of be a a loose theme, I guess. Yeah, because we like to keep things loose. Hmm. And thematic. Yes. Ball gags and cuckoldry and such. <laughs> and such, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Greg, it's time for Fast Facts. Fast Fact number one. Franz Ferdinand's favorite pastime was hunting, and his favorite method of hunting was using a goddamn machine gun to kill as many animals as he could as quickly as he could. And we're talking herds of animals, people. Fast fact number two. Franz Joseph wasn't too upset about the death of his nephew and heir apparent. He was actually relieved. When an aide wrote his address, which started, The death of my beloved nephew, a death painful to me, Joseph took out his pen and scratched out the words, A death painful to me. Fast fact number three. For the assassination plot, Princip Grebez and Kabrinovich were each sentenced to 20 years in prison. All three would be dead before the war ended in 1918 because the quality of life in early 20th century Bosnian prisons left something to be desired. Fast fact number four. Franz Joseph died in 1916. His heir ensured that Franz Ferdinand's three children were paid a large sum of money and given land. He abdicated his throne in 1918 during the last days of World War I, and the Austrian Empire 
was officially dissolved. Woo! Yeah. Good times. We're back in it. Back in the, the thick of things. Back in the saddle again. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Good times. Check us out, people, on the social medias at 100ProofHistory or our website, 100ProofHistory.com. Uh, if you are so inclined, if you enjoy the show, check out our Patreon. You can find that on the 100ProofHistory.com. Maybe consider giving us a few bucks so you can get some bonus episodes and early releases. And that's all I have. I hope I am alive next week to tell the story. Otherwise, it'll just be Greg and... I don't know. You'll just get to hear about all of his, his troubles with Nobody his wife. Nobody wants that. No, not even Let's his give wife. Chris our well wishes. Thoughts and prayers, people. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> Changing lives here. <laughs> all right, Greg. What else? I think that's it, man. Um, glad to be back. Glad to be back in that saddle again. Mm-hmm. And uh, looking forward to this next year of podcasting. Me too. And making fun of you for getting COVID. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to sit here and pray to sweet doo-doo Jesus that it all goes away. Hey, baby, I got you. <laughs> Bye. COVID brain. COVID brain. <laughs> COVID brain. <laughs> you got a little something else? No, you I got just got a little think- doo-doo Jesus nug? <laughs> no, I was just thinking, let me start the, uh, the last one with dick butt pooper and talking about how we just go for a low hanging fruit and literally just invented a character named doo-doo jesus (laughs) (laughs) and promised to kill themselves if they were captured badass should i do the dentity i like that like metal riff skulls i want you to contrast how sounds compared to <laughs> I sound just like a metal guy with the guitar. <laughs> <laughs>